Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome as we recover from the Brent Bozell birthday party yesterday. Well, actually, there were only cookies and ice cream. So maybe all we needed afterwards was a weigh-in. Or if you prefer, our other boss named Brent, Brent Baker, is in Vancouver on vacation and saw an orchestra playing movie themes by John Williams. You cannot go wrong with that. That's my idea of a good vacation. Or we can crank up Working for the Weekend by Loverboy. Yes, for those of us on the 50-plus playlist. Our top story today, angry CNN host Don Lemon. Don is often tagged as the dumbest man on cable TV. And his outburst on the set of New Day on Thursday morning drew a pile of attention after a video tweet by Nick Night Train Fondacaro and a blog on Newsbusters by her intern Aiden Morehouse. We sit around and we talk about these things and we, we want to give this false equivalence to Democrats and Republicans. That is not where we are right now. Republicans are doing something that is very dangerous to our society. And we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that as Americans. We must acknowledge that as journalists. Because if we don't, we're not doing our jobs. It's fascinating that CNN stars always huff and puff and say that it's their job to be the hashtag resistance. I mean, come on, Don. Just put on the pink pussy hat. Go full bore. I mean, it, it is this idea of it. It's our job to say the Republican Party is dangerous and ruining America. Do you understand what that sounds like nightly? This is why CNN's ratings stink. And, you know, obviously... The idea here was, oh, Warner Brothers Discovery is going to take this over and there's all this noise about how they're going to move to the center. And Chris Licht, the guy, was saying, well, we may have to uh, let a few people go if they can't get on the reservation and, and give us straighter news. I mean, none of that looks like it's happening. I mean, Don Lemon is Exhibit A. But you can tell he doesn't like whatever is going on behind the scenes because that's what we were sort of sniffing. So at this point, Don Lemon points out the people who are in charge of what we what the American press puts out. Yeah, that's him trying to say our new bosses. They want to believe that we are living in 1987, this sort of Reagan-esque Republican party. That's not where we are right now. And if we continue to allow that we are going to go off of a cliff, and I'm not sure we can return. You, you can't treat the Republicans as Reagan-esque. That's going to destroy us. We're all going to go off a cliff. Don Lemon should just move to Canada. You know, you spend all your time kissing up to the Obamas. Just move to Canada and kiss up to Trudeau. That might make you happier. Now, the 1987 Republicans were a different breed. That's very pre-Trump. That is Reagan's Republican Party. And guess what? The liberals hated Reagan. That was back in the day where they were all like, let's impeach him over Iran-Contra. Ted Koppel was there, you know, still probably screaming about the October surprise of 1980. So it's, it wasn't the same Republican Party in 1987. But it's also not today the 1987 version of CNN. 
Sure, they were kissing up to the Soviet Union because that's what Ted Turner wanted. But it was a much more sober network. You know, when I started here in 1989, they would, uh, Mr. Brent Baker said, you can watch the weekend newscasts on CNN just to get up to snuff on how we do this, how we watch these shows. We load them into a database. I mean, back then we had a, a big database, you know, and logged every story. And, uh, you know, you could fall asleep watching CNN on the weekends, you know. They had anchors like David French. No, not the National Review exile David French. Another guy named David French, I think, was the anchor then. It was a pretty uh, boring, straight-ahead show compared to what, you know, Don Lemon has to say. Uh, But, you know, it, it was a different time. Yeah, I mean, even back then, the 1987 Democrats are nothing like the 2022 Democrats. I mean, we we still have Joe Biden. I mean, back then, Biden's presidential campaign was getting ruined because he was stealing speech lines from Neil Kinnock of the United Kingdom. He was out there lying about how he earned three degrees and he was at the top of his class. Even the liberal media said that was wrong. But nobody's like they were in 1987. Well, you know... Maybe I sound the same as 1987, but I'm much, much older and fatter. Also on the Don Lemon beat, our other intern, Emma Schultz, chronicled Lemon on Wednesday's Don Lemon Tonight, or, you know, maybe we should just call it Don Lemon's Dug In. Lemon had on David Axelrod, the old Obama campaign strategist, and he was complaining about Biden being in Israel and saying he still wants to build unity in America. Lemon said, is that realistic right now? Because listen, I'm not saying the country shouldn't be united, but I don't think the country wants to be united. I think people are dug in on both sides. Okay, Don. Yeah, like CNN hasn't been dug in on one side since at least 2015. Oh, yes, there was that period in 2015 where Jeff Zucker was giving Trump all the airtime because it was good for CNN. Then they suddenly decided he was a peril to the entire planet. Well, who accomplished that, Zucker? (sighs) Axelrod did say, some people are alarmed at the shrill voices. I'm sure they are. Axelrod wasn't going to say there's a lot of shrill voices on the CNN. That certainly describes Don Lemon Monday through Friday. Then Axelrod tried to say that Biden was in command of what he's doing. What does that mean? Is he in command of inflation? Is he even in command of his faculties at this point? I think that's maybe what he was trying to say. Don Lemon, you can be assured Biden still sounds like a president most of the time. Then again. Uh, He went off on this foreign trip. He went off trying to shake hands with somebody who wasn't there again. You know, he he had a whole problem speaking and had to drink from a glass of water. You, You know, back in 2013 on CNN... Wolf Blitzer did this to to Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio took a sip of water and he was like, is that a career ender? (laughs) It's like, come on. Taking a sip of water is not a career ender for anyone. Anyone. Although I will say this. Axelrod was also trying to tell uh, Don Lemon 
that Biden running for re-election at the age of 82 is going to be tough sledding. That's a tough toboggan. Lemon tried to complain that Reagan was no spring chicken. And then Axelrod brought him the hard fact that Reagan was younger when he left office after eight years than Joe Biden is right now. Now, since we here at Newsbusters have always been in favor of equal time rules, let's mention some other in- summer interns at the MRC writing for Newsbusters. Margaret Buckley has been hitting the lowlights of Morning Joe, and that is a daily job. Mark Finkelstein also does that. On Thursday, there was a segment touting an all-female Broadway show called POTUS. Naturally, or perhaps unnaturally, talk turned to Hillary Clinton. She happened to attend the play, and then everybody love-bombed her. Julie White, who plays the White House Chief of Staff. They describe her in the reviews as the right-hand woman to a major male mess-up occupying the Oval Office. Oh, yes. The men are always messing up the presidency, unlike you-know-who would have. When Mrs. Clinton was there, there's a line in the play where Vanessa Williams, who plays the first lady, says that someone asked her, why aren't you president? And she says, that's the eternal question, isn't it? And the audience literally in the middle of the show rose to their feet, turned towards Hillary and applauded her for. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Over a minute, which is a long time in the theater. Oh, yes. Hillary Clinton can always be president of the United Boroughs of New York City. <laughs> you know, I mean, she could carpet bag and win New York State. Um, but that's not the whole country. Still needing to go to Wisconsin. Yes, uh, White also loved and recounted the line from Veep, where the Julia Louis-Dreyfus character rants, that if men could get pregnant, you could get an abortion at an ATM. Huh? You know, I find this kind of talk really sexist and insulting. I am offended as a male, as a cisgender white Christian male. I don't like this whole idea that if men could get pregnant, abortion could be a blank. Guess what? If men could get pregnant, abortion would still be murder. How about that? And if we're going to be sexist and insulting, I want to shoot back at these people. I'm going to show up on the set of Morning Joe and say, you know, if women suddenly had a penis, they'd mount everything, just like Bill Clinton. Take that, Hillary. All right, then there are the MRC culture interns. Wallace White, sporting a new mustache, reported Disney Channel's first live-action trans character, has appeared on the show Raven's Home. Guess who loved that? Teen Vogue. Those little Marxists. Yes, the trans character is named Nikki. Quote, unquote, she is an influencer on the show and is set to be played by trans actor Juliana Joel. The episode's titled The Fierce Awakens. Yes, let's take Star Wars titles and ruin them. This premiered on Friday, July 8. Joel, the trans woman, and the episode's writer, Nori Reed, both took to Instagram to celebrate their momentous achievement. They called it a dream come true. Nori Reed was shouting on her Instagram post, 
I cannot fully articulate what it means to me personally that now a young queer person in rural America can pop on the Disney Channel and witness a funny, nuanced, trans character that they can relate to. Yeah, Christopher Rufo was right about this. He basically saw it coming. He showed us all the videos of all the people at the Disney Channel now who are going to be like, we're going to take this platform that everybody paid for so that their kids can watch old Disney cartoons and shove the LGBT propaganda down their throats. Yes, she also said, Nori Reed, I pray in my heart that these kids hear the very clear message, you belong in this world and are included. I don't know who she's praying to. You know? I don't think God, who assigned people genders at birth, really loves the trans stuff. And of course, Teen Vogue made sure to throw their undying support behind the transgender kids, saying, regardless, we're of the opinion that the more trans characters in kids' TV, the merrier. Oh, yes, it's Mary. Mary Transmas. Then uh, Michael Lippolito. You know, if you went to an apolitical summer camp, in my case, a Boy Scout summer camp, you know, way back in the days when they were retrograde and only had boys in the Boy Scouts, and there was chapel every day after lunch at Camp Decora in Old Wisconsin. Yes, those were the days. Michael Ippolito reminded us that libs of TikTok found a day camp in New York City. Oh, yes, Hillary Clinton's best center. They, they made children march while chanting, bring Roe back. Bring Roe back. Yeah, that um, Hillary Clinton should have been leading that parade. These kids in the video, they sounded like grade schoolers. And you want to say like, um, kiddos, you know, not too long ago, that abortion could have been you. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. Finally, Craig Bannister at our sister site, cnsnews.com. Craig is most definitely not an intern. He's a seasoned citizen like me. Craig wrote up the latest from the Rasmussen polling folks. Their tweet lists the top voter midterm issues versus the top midterm issues for U.S. legacy media. That's a fancy term for liberal media. Both of these were ranked by percentage of U.S. likely voters reporting an interest in the hot issues of the day. So to the voters, the hot issues are the vast majority of the hot issues. Rising gas prices, 92%. Inflation, 91%. The economy, 89%. These are all sort of the same thing. They blur. Violent crime, 86%. Election integrity, 83%. Now, on that level, you could probably find conservatives and liberals who would say they care about that. They just mean different things when they say it. Conservatives want to make sure that there's measures against voter fraud. Like, And, and let's face it, there are majorities of the country in favor of those silly ideas like voter identification. Even the minorities are in favor of voter ID. And, and yet... 
when you tried to instill that in states, we had the media and Joe Biden calling you Jim Crow 2.0. Voters are less concerned about the media's favorite topics. The January 6th hearings, 57%. Climate change, 62%. LGBTQ issues, 42%. These are much lower. And usually voters will tell pollsters that they at least that they're concerned about climate change or they're concerned about January 6th hearings. But in reality, when you ask them to rank it, it's a lot lower. They say these things because they try to say the things that pollsters want to hear. Yes, I am certainly concerned and in favor of democracy. I am certainly concerned and in favor of the planet not burning up in a large fire. Now, if you try to ask the public if they're following the January 6th hearings closely, you might get a more discouraging answer. You know, Brian Stelter's still out there making the point that when the January 6th Pelosi-picked panel has a hearing in the afternoon, the same pattern happens. CNN and MSNBC hearings spike, and then Fox News puts it on, and their readings collapse. Yes, that is not hard to figure out, Mr. Stelter, because this is a Pelosi-picked panel production. It is a Democrat National Committee hearing. That's not to say you might not learn something. I watch them to try to learn what's going on. I don't think they're always successful at what they're trying to accomplish. But they're, I, I'm, I'm not immune to watching them. You know, we watch a lot of stuff we find to be Democratic Party media. It's what we do. Uh, but, you know, not everybody is, is obsessing over January 6th. And the danger here for the media is that they somehow think this is a more important issue than stuff like inflation. That somehow that's a more important issue to people than the fact that they go to the, you know, have to spend $75 on a tank of gasoline. They might be just a little out of touch. But that's what we do here. We chronicle what the liberal media really deeply cares about. They want everybody to know the Republican Party is just the worst thing to ever happen to America. If you disagree with that, maybe you need to come to Newsbusters. Once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in.